Sometimes you just need a little spiritual guidance to help get your life back together. It can be compared to mosaic art. Many little pieces that come together to form something beautiful. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Your host is mosaic shaman, Christy Ellen. Christy and her guests are here to ensure that your life is just as you deserve it to be. Happy. Now, here's your host, Christy Ellen. Welcome to the gardens. I'm so glad you're here today to have conversation about art opens the heart. That's what we're going to be talking about, how art can open the heart. And about opening your heart and being true to yourself is what the conversation is going to be about in the gardens today. There's a lot of beauty going on around me outside. The sky is full of a beautiful blue sky, clouds, just light fluffy white clouds. And I can look out the window and I can see all the beauty around me. And I want you to be open to understanding when you look around, you can see all the beauty around you. When your heart's closed, you're not able to see that beauty. All you can see is the sorrow, the darkness, the disappointment, and what's not working. But when you're able to open your heart to all possibilities, walking through your fear, letting go of what you don't want to have what you do, you can see color and beauty everywhere. The blues will be more bright. The sky will hold more gifts in it for you. And everywhere you go, you'll see the beauty around you in others and in yourself. And so we're going to talk about art and how it opens the heart today. First of all, let's do our schematic healing prayer to bring in that energy of sacredness into this spot. Because every time we get together here in the garden, we're having a sacred experience. We're connecting with ourselves. We're connecting with everyone. We're connecting as a universal being of love and light. Because that's what you truly are. A universal being of love and light. So I'm asking you to take a comfortable position in a chair on the floor. Just stop what you're doing for a moment and let's drop in. Let's drop into that heart space. If you're driving a car, remember you can go back and re-listen to this again in the archives of Voice America's Empowerment Station. So for all those that are ready and in position to have a sacred moment and a sacred hour together, with your breath, breathing your breath into your belly. Remember, we're learning to breathe into our belly, into the softness and the divineness of who we are, allowing the breath to fill all the way up and then exhaling it. And as you drop in, allow your shoulders to drop as you breathe. Allow yourself to become peaceful. Allow yourself to be open to all possibilities. With your breath, any negative thoughts or busy thoughts of what need to be done in the day, let those go, knowing you'll get back to them when the hour's over. You deserve this time today to grow and share in the garden together, to be inspired. With your breath, dropping in and exhaling. There are several different kinds of breath we can do. Right now, I'm going to ask you to do what's kind of, it's called a cleansing breath. And what it is, is you're going to breathe in through the nose four times very rapidly, and then exhale through the nose four times very rapidly. So you're going to go. It's kind of 
kind of like a panting of the dog breath. And it, and what I want you to do this for is because we're going to ground ourselves. And what it does is it, it opens up the kundalini and connects you to the earth. And it's, it's called a grounding. It's, it's a fire breath. And it's like you're bellowing the fire in your belly with your breath. And I want you to breathe in through your nose with that breath, that fire breath into your belly as much as you can until you can't breathe anything more. Then I want you to hold it for four counts. And then I want you just to let it go. So we're going to go. Hold, hold, hold. And then just dropping the shoulders, opening the mouth and letting it go. Let's do three of those together. And breathe in through the nose, rapidly through fire breath, four, six to eight times, as much as you can. Then hold it. Hold your breath. Hold it there for four counts. And then I want you to just open your mouth and let it go. Over the ah. Okay? So. <sighs> and as you do this, imagine a bellow. A bellow, putting in air to a fire. The fire comes from your first, second, and third chakra. Right there, that fire. Here we go again. Breathe in. Hold, 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 and exhale. And as you exhale, I want you to drop your shoulders and drop yourself. And this time, I want you to make a sound on your exhale. So we're going to go out the fire breath. Hold, 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 and <sighs> So as you make that sound, it's an empowerment sound, and we're going to do it one more time. It's the last time, and I want you to really make a good sound with that. So you're going to breathe in. I'm going to hold it. I'm not going to tell you to hold it. I'm just going to hold it. Then you're going to go, <sighs> and let it go. Ready? <sighs> That's a fire breath. The fire breath brings fire into the body, bringing the fire up from the earth. And as you're breathing, you're imagining you're pulling that energy up through the earth into your first, second, and third chakra and igniting that fire. And as you exhale, you let it all go out through the top and you just exhale. This is a really good breath to do when you want to bring in more energy into the body and bring fire into the body. And we open this place to divine beings of all. We ask divine beings of love and light shine upon us today as we open our hearts, knowing all things are possible, knowing that we are the divine being of love and light. And as we change our story, we change our lives. And welcome to the garden. So today, as we talk about opening the heart, we're also going to talk about something else about keeping your word. So we're going to talk about that, about how when we keep our word to ourselves, We are able to open the heart. How would you like to live an inspiring life like Michelangelo did? Michelangelo lived an inspiring life like Bach. They weren't here on this planet for very long. Neither was Shakespeare. Some of them only lived into their 30s. But what they did was inspire and create the most passionate, beautiful pieces of music, theater, and art. Art that will touch the soul and bring tears to your eyes. That's what it means to live in an inspiring life and be able to be inspired. And as you're inspired, you inspire others. I want to ask you, how is your life working for you? Are you getting everything you want? Is everything working the way you want? And I'm not asking everything you want like a child throwing a tantrum. But is your life functioning in the way that brings 
beauty to your heart that opens up your heart and brings your soul into a place where it wants to sing its song, its song of love and life and discovery. Do you go searching for what will make and what will work for you? Have you gone out and searched for what it is you want and come home empty-handed? Or have you come home knowing what to do, but then you let the excuses stop you from doing what you know to do? So you reach out. You want to find out something more. You go to your intuition, your higher self. You go deep inside through meditation, going through those layers to truly listen to what your life's purpose here, and you get it. Do you implement that in your life? Do you listen to what you're being asked to do when you're inspired? Or do you let the excuses of life that there's not enough time or I'm too old or there's not enough money or I'm too young? I remember getting my hair cut once and my son had just bought a sailboat and was sailing across the, the ocean from L.A. to New Zealand. And a friend of mine that was cutting, the, the guy that was cutting my hair was a friend of mine, and he was in his 60s. And he said, man, I always wanted to do that. I wanted to do that. But I could not do that because I found a job that made me too much money to let it go and do that. So I never lived that dream of doing that, and now I'm too old. So what excuses are you using that are keeping you from going after an inspiring life where all things are possible? What are you hanging on to that if you just let go of it, will open doors where there were only windows and bring opportunities into your life that you never imagined possible? What fears do you need to walk through to get to those places? That's what I do at Soul Healer's Path. I help you walk through those fears. I help you see the blocks, open those doors, and walk into where all things are possible. When we go within and truly listen, then we get the message of what it is to do next what to let go of, and what will be the next step. When we're going inside, we get the next step that we can take. And then it's important that you take it. We talked about the foundation, the keystone principles to create an inspiring life. is having awareness. What isn't working? What needs to be let go of? Education. How do I do it? Where do I go from here? The action step. Taking the action step, doing what you're inspired to do, making those steps, and then getting the support, having someone there to support you and supporting others to make that process happen. So those four keystone principles are essential to creating an inspiring life. And that's what I teach at soulhealerspath.com. So let's go and talk about some of the things that might be blocking you that's not working. You know, you can... um, Look at the things that you need to let go of. And one of those things I want to ask you is keeping your word. Do you keep your word to yourself? And do you keep your word to others? It's so important when you give your word that you follow through with that. And often when you get really busy in life and you become extremely busy, the first person that you deny the word to, the first person you deny the space and whatever you said you were going to do is yourself. You, you, you compromise by saying, okay, I'm so busy, i got to give this and this and this to all those people. So if I promised myself that I would get up and exercise, I'm going to cut that out because there's just not time for it today. Or if I promised myself I was going to take that rest, I'm going to cut that out because there's just not time for it today. Or if I promised myself I would start eat healthy, I cut that out because there's just not time for it. And I want to say that if you do not keep your word to yourself, it will be very easy for you not to keep your word to other people. You are the person that lives with you all the time. 
And you are the one that is going to be the example to everyone around you about how you move forward. You're going to be the example of what it means to live an inspiring life. And the way you do that is to keep your word to yourself. We did a program here um, several months back that was called The Power of the Word. And you're welcome to go back and listen to that because it was a great program. It's like number three, I think, on the top ten shows. And you can go back and listen to it. It's called The Power of the Word. And it talks more about the power of the words and how words can change your life. What I want to talk to you today about is being able to keep your word to yourself. Because if you don't keep your word to yourself and you get inspired to do something, you don't follow through on it, you're getting stuck in that hole. Remember we talked a while back about the four chapters of life. You walk down the road, you see a hole, you fall in it. You blame everyone, you're angry, you're stuck in that hole and you're mad. It takes a very long time to get out of the hole. The second chapter is you walk down, you see the hole, you go in it, you're angry and mad, it takes a while to get out, you know the hole, you've been there before, and you get out. Chapter three is you go walk down the road, you see the hole, and still you fall in it, but you know how to get out. So you get out of the hole, you just went in the hole to see what it felt like to be in the hole again, and you get out of the hole. And if Chapter four is you walk around, you see the hole, you skirt the edge of it, not falling in, get very, very close to it, look at the hole, and then chapter five is you find a different road. So let's talk about being stuck in that hole, because when you're stuck in that hole, you keep repeating the same story over and over, it's time to get out of the hole. It's time to get off what the, we call the hamster wheel, too, when you're going around and around. It's time to get off that hole. It's time to do something different. And so if you email me before the end of this show, I will give you a one-hour coaching package free. I will talk to you about where you might be stuck, where your blocks are, help you see those holes, and the ways to get out of them. Go to healingart.kp at gmail. That's H-E-A-L-I-N-G. A-R-T dot K as in Christy, P as in Peterson at Gmail. So at healingart.kp at Gmail, and you just write a little thing saying, I'm a listener of your show, I will work with you, and we will work on Skype or on the phone, and we'll give you one hour healing session, a schematic healing session, and we'll look at where you might be getting stuck and show you the ways to get out of that hole. So just email me at healingart.com and we'll get off the hamster wheel. We'll get out of the hole and we'll find the new way of being and moving forward. Now you can also go to soulhealerspath.com because that's what we say all the time on here, soulhealerspath.com. You might be more familiar with that. And you can find the email address there. One of the ways you get stuck, as I said before, is not keeping your word. So let's take this week and be honoring our word to yourself. If you've given yourself a gift or permission or said you're going to take some time to honor yourself, make sure you do that. Keep your word to yourself and you will stop. You will you'll soon start changing the story and changing your life. Things around you will change. When you um, get to own yourself and be true and keep your word, then you can own the, sh- the power of your word and you can move forward. A person who has learned how to honor herself and honor herself by keeping her word and keeps her word is my guest today, who is Sharon Foster. Sharon Foster is a self-taught mixed medium artist with a background in recovery, healing, and spiritual guidance. She's going to come on and teach us about how she has used art to open her heart and how opening your heart 
honoring and loving yourself will create art and the art in all of us. And we're going to talk to her about the heart, the art of opening our heart as soon as we come back from this commercial. So come back and we'll have a beautiful conversation here in the garden with Sharon Foster. Thank you. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com It's time to live an inspired life. Join Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman, as she enhances the quality of your life. Healing with art is Christy's focus. At SoulHealerPath.com, if you follow the steps and use the skill that Christy Allen teaches in Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching, doing your part and taking 100% of the responsibility for your life, changing your life story, then in one year's time, you could be living the inspired life of your dreams. Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching offers four life coaching packages, starting with the Serpent Path, which is all about awareness and letting go of what you do not want to have and embracing what you do. Go to Soul Healer's Path and sign up for a one-month session of Clearing the Light Body. So come and walk the medicine wheel with Christy Ellen. Visit soulhealerpath.com or call 435-260-9598 for a special newcomer's one-month coaching package for just $300. Christy Ellen is an intuitive healer and master creator. Let her guide you to living the life to which you were born to live and go from ordinary to extraordinary. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with Christy Ellen. To connect with the show today, Please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you may send an email to healingart.kp at gmail.com. Now, back to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Welcome to the gardens where we're having a conversation today about Art Opens the Heart. And my guest, Sharon Foster, is here. She... um, this is Sedona, and she does Sedona ma- Heart Maps and Goddess Yoni Art. And I, we're so excited to talk to her, and we're going to learn more about what it means when you open your heart and, and have an opening that art opens the heart. Welcome, Sharon. Hi, Christy. It's really, really a great pleasure to be here. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've had conversation before, so we know we enjoy talking yeah. together. <laughs> and now we get to, to include everyone else in our conversation about opening the heart, and art opens the heart. So share a little bit about how art has helped in opening your heart. Well, uh, as a small child, um, I went to private school, and one of the pleasures that I had was in the afternoons I was taking oil painting art classes from this beautiful retired um, French nun. And it was one of the one places in my life where I felt calm and creative and in a really wonderful place. As I got older, 
things happened in my life that created a lot of chaos, some of them self-inflicted, some of them from um, circumstances in my life. And it wasn't until I reached my 30s that the art started to come back into my life in any kind of a healing way. Um, I was teaching yoga for 20-plus years and was slowly starting to retire from that when I started to take a couple of art classes. The more art that I started bringing into my life on a daily or a weekly basis, I found myself being more grounded. I found myself feeling, I don't want to say just calmer because that, you know, there's always a lot going on in the world, but it was a much more serene feeling for me. I would go in not knowing what I was going to do. Was I going to do drawing? Was I going to do painting? Um, but the more that I was able to center through some yogic practices, such as the beautiful pranayama breathing you did at the beginning of the show, and use my intuition, I found myself relaxing into a form of creating art that really did feel like I'm not doing this for money, I'm not doing this so other people like it, this is just something that wants to come through me, and I feel so, so happy to be able to do that today. So you're doing it for yourself. You you didn't go out and ask others how to do the art or what, what it should look like. You did it no. from a place where you enjoyed it. The out, the yeah, that's 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 true, and I think I was blessed with some teachers who really um, they supported that. They wanted, they don't want somebody to do another Mona Lisa. They really wanted to know, you know, what what freshness could a new person bring to it. So, the more I was encouraged to create my own art, the easier it became. So, do we all have the ability inside of us to create art? I truly, I truly believe that we do. Um, one of the wonderful things that I've learned in my life was that there were four pillars to having a really happy life. One was wealth. Second was health. The third was relationships. And the fourth was creativity. And when I learned about the four pillars, I got really active trying to see, you know, where was I balanced in my life and where did I need um, some more nourishing. And creativity, even though I wasn't doing art in my 20s and early 30s, um, I was using my creative impulses to decorate my home, to uh, send Christmas cards, to send birthday cards, you know, anywhere where the creativity could creep in, if, it, if, if you will, um, that's what I really tried to nurture. And then by the time I did pick up charcoal or pen and ink or things like that, it was already there just waiting to come out. So... You know, a homemaker making a beautiful meal or someone wrapping a present for a wedding. All of these places is where our creativity is in our life. And um, and that's where we're all doing creative endeavors, whether we're really aware of it or not. So you said art was calming for you when life was difficult. I, I was walking around the neighborhood yesterday and had a conversation with a woman who's now going to teach a guitar to um, some v- Vietnam vets and some veterans that are just coming back from Afghanistan. Mm. And their trauma is that they can't move their hands because they've got PTSD so da- bad that they're clenching their hands together. So she's teaching guitar and movement so that they can um, open up their hands. And she was 
talking about listening to the music because some of them have graduated from the class before and they're playing guitar and how it touched her soul. So how does art help with trauma and healing? Um, I'm a survivor of uh, quite a deal of abuse in my early life and one of the things that I did while I was living in Oregon, and I was on a was on a very direct recovery path, a healing path, if you will. Um, I started to do some dance therapy. I started doing yoga therapy, movement therapy, things like that. But one of the things that helped me the most, I believe, was a class in art therapy. And this was in the very early 90s. I hadn't been exposed to it previously. It was brand new to me. And one of the things that I found was taking taking pen in hand or pencil or color or any of those things and just expressing the pain, expressing desire for growth or intentions or anything like that, whatever the little um, project was for each class, I found that if I really got still and put my heart and soul into it, that there was a, a kind of a release. It's not the same as doing a lot of other therapy work where there might be a lot of crying and gnashing of teeth, which can all be very, very therapeutic, I'm sure. But with the art therapy, there just seems to be a settling down, if you will, of, say, nerves or chaos. It's kind of like a meditation in motion in that all of my awareness would come into what I was trying to create. And even if I didn't like what I created or wasn't satisfied with it, it just seemed to perpetuate more desire to do more art. Um, and once that focus came in for me, I just found that there was a real sense of well-being. There was a sense of, I want to say groundedness again, because I felt connected to something that was not mine, but it was more divine in nature, that there was some kind of sacredness trying to come through me. I find that if I think a thought, it stays in my head. But if I take that thought and I try to transmute it into an art piece, then there's something divine that's trying to come through. And whether someone else resonates with the piece or not... It really helps me, and the more that I fall in love with creating art, I have found, uh, if I might say, a kind of an audience. I have a set of collectors that they resonate with it as well, and then I go out and I find art that I love, that I resonate with, and then I get to bring that sacred energy from that artist into my life. And so it just starts to feel like a real sacred dance of bringing beauty or the intention of bringing beauty into the world has such a healing effect on my heart. Well, I I like what you said, that the sacredness came through you with your art. And I know I've shared with listeners before that that after my divorce, I didn't know what to do, and I started putting together a mosaic garden. And I would break the dishes out of anger, and then I put the little pieces back together out of love. Mm-hmm. And it was like that meditation of putting these little pieces together started taking the fragmented part of my brain that couldn't understand what happened and allowing it to calm down enough to see a new path. So it was like taking shattered piece of life and putting it back together. And that sounds like that's what you did with your art, too. Did you? 
Did that lead you to um, the practice you have of combining art and meditation? I think so. Um, I I just love what you just said because it can feel that profound of taking... Taking what wasn't working, taking what was wrong, and taking the old scars, and and trying to do an alchemy with it. Um, when I'm in my studio, depending on the energy that's trying to come through that day, I might be in a place of great anger and agitation, and I'll put on some music that will really feed that so I can really build that fire until it's exhausted. But then that energy will come through the art. And then there's other days where I'm very calm and feeling blessed and blissed, and I'll put on some calm music that creates a different form of energy. And all of it feels like meditation to me. Because as a yoga teacher, I always learned that meditation was when I stopped thinking about the past and stopped worrying about the future and was just in the present moment. When I'm in that present moment, that's a form of meditation. Art really helps me get to that place quickly. Um, I go to a lot of healing circles where women are loving each other, nurturing each other, doing a lot of healing work, and I get uh, I get a lot of good energy to sit and do ink and paper drawings and the energy that comes through in a circle like that is another form of meditation because while I'm there, I'm actually part of that group, and yet I'm able to meditate in a, in a sacred circle that just feels completely different than when I'm alone in my studio. So I know I've heard that musicians, dancers, all these different people can create an amazing amount of meditative practice doing all of their arts as well. And I, you can just see it. I can just, I can resonate now that I'm, that I'm older and I've been practicing my art. I can really resonate with how it feels to be alone in meditation and being part of a group that has a really singular focus on healing or loving or building or growing and how that can all feed my art as well. It all leaves me a better a better person and feeling much more in tune with the cosmos, if you will. Sounds, yes. You know, but I, it's I, true. I've, I've heard that some people going through their darkest night of the soul, their dark sorrow, have created some of the most amazing art. Um, yes. Yeah, and music. Music's come out of times of trials and when they've lost loved ones and they've created music from that. It's, oh. it's a way to inspire all of us to um, to touch our hearts to open up too. So how important is it to have your heart open when you're creating? Well, I don't know that. I mean, I can, I can answer that from my perspective, and I'm sure that there's a whole plethora of ways to answer. That's a really great question. Um, sometimes when I go into a practice of uh, maybe I'm going to an art class with a really great teacher or something like that, and I don't feel like that's what I want to be doing, and yet I go, um, my heart doesn't feel very, very open. I, I might be feeling like I'm protecting it or... Or something like that. And yet, if I will step into the practice and just give it my best shot, nine times out of ten, I'll come away with it feeling a whole lot better and sometimes even feeling transformed. So 
I think it's really important to have an open heart, but I don't know that that's always possible. And so on those days, I just do what I can, you know, and I might walk out of my studio like I did nothing. I just wasted, you know, all those hours. But it's never a waste because I feel like it's um, lending a foundation to what I'm going to be doing next. And mm, so I don't know if that really answers your question, but um, open-hearted... you know. Yeah, it, it, it does. And it also talks about sometimes what I'm hearing is you don't always want to do your art. Right. But you go ahead right. and do it. And once you start, you feel better about that. Because I know that, that sometimes I'm just not in the mood to to do that. And then I'm feeling you know, a little depressed. It's, it's better if I get up and do something. We, we've done some filming together, you and I. And um, actually, I want listeners, to, people to know out there that we're going to be putting this film together on the women's um, network television broadcast, the women's broadcast television network, and we have that film, and it will be coming out um, as a documentary as well. And that came about from my being depressed, not wanting to get up and do anything, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to walk around the neighborhood, take the camera, just shoot some film. I'm not a film director, but it was fun, and then that led to one thing to another. So when someone doesn't believe that they can create from art or they just don't want to, what would you recommend they do? Well, I know that for me, there are days when I don't feel like doing anything and it might be all I can do just to turn on music. It seems to me that music is another way of having really deep transformational experiences. So when I'm If I'm feeling low, if I'm feeling like, you know, there's just nothing that I want to do in my studio, if I put on the music first and just start moving my body, then it feels like the artistic instinct takes over. And I, you know, and I might not still go into the artist studio that day, but I will be creating movement with my body, which is very healing, as you know, and it just starts to get me back on that path. So I think some people like to do meditation to get themselves back in balance. I know when I meditate in the mornings, I like to pull um, some oracle cards to inspire me. I also read from um, Julia Cameron's The Artist Way Meditation Book. She has that lovely book that, you know, whatever day of the year it is, I just read that. It's very inspiring. Um, and a lot of people, especially up here in Sedona, Arizona, um, just going out in nature can be enough to lift my mood. So I think there's just a lot more that you could add to that where we, you know, we just have all these ways of bringing ourselves back. And yet at the same time, I think it's really important to honor sometimes that day where we need to rest, where we don't have to be out there making things in the world. We're just taking times to nurture, you know, what's inside and then help that grow. I find that if I do that, then the next time or the next day, I'm really rewarded with taking that rest because what comes through me is feels even bigger and greater than if I would have forced or pushed myself to do it. That's a great list of things to um, to pay attention to that you just gave to uh, others to hear that that 
if you um, set this list up, you can go and pull out from that list. We've talked about that before to have a list of things that inspire you so that when you're not feeling inspired, because you're not going to want to make that list when you're not feeling inspired. Yeah. But when when you're not feeling inspired, you can pull off of those list things that you can do. Because you said a few things about changing your mood, your feeling, your vibration, and bringing the vibration up. That's that's how we talk about changing the story. Um, yeah. Yeah, dance and yoga have always been two of my favorite ways of doing that, too. In fact, I think that's how I became a yoga teacher was I just loved yoga and it changed my life so very much that now if I'm just feeling like, I don't know what to do, I throw my yoga mat on the ground and just lay down on it. And the next thing I know, the energy of all the past practice that I've done comes back to me and I just slowly start to move maybe just a little bit at first but by the next by the time I look at the clock an hour's gone by and I've done all this yoga and now my whole life is my whole my whole life my whole day is changed and for the better so yoga dancing walking in nature yeah we're really blessed we are. Thank you for sharing those points with us. We're going to take a break now, and then we're going to come back and talk to Sharon Foster more about the art that art opens your heart. And she's going to share with us some things about your Yoni cards. And I'm going to put that out there so you can wonder what that is, because when I first <laughs> heard about it, I wondered what a Yoni card was. And since we we're talking about cards, pulling a card, when we come back, Sharon will share with us what a Yoni card is. Thank you. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to live an inspired life. Join Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman, as she enhances the quality of your life. Healing with art is Christy's focus. At SoulHealerPath.com, if you follow the steps and use the skill that Christy Ellen teaches in Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching, doing your part and taking 100% of the responsibility for your life, changing your life story, then in one year's time, you could be living the inspired life of your dreams. Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching offers four life coaching packages, starting with the Serpent Path, which is all about awareness and letting go of what you do not want to have and embracing what you do. Go to Soul Healer's Path and sign up for a one-month session of Clearing the Light Body. So come and walk the medicine wheel with Christy Ellen. Visit soulhealerpath.com or call 435-260-9598 for a special newcomer's one-month coaching package for just $300. Christy Ellen is an intuitive healer and master creator. Let her guide you to living the life to which you were born to live and go from ordinary to extraordinary. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with Christy Ellen. To connect with the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you may send an email to healingart.kp at gmail.com. 
Now, back to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Welcome back to the garden where I'm having a conversation with Sharon Foster of Sedona, Arizona. And we're talking about Art Opens the Heart. And before I left, I, I kind of threw a little bait out there about this Yoni art that she's doing. And it's called the Goddess, the Goddess Yoni Art. So um, tell us what that is, Sharon, because first time I heard it, I had no idea. Oh, sure. Well, I know a lot of your listeners are probably very, very much interested and study the goddess and all her forms. Um, And yonis, that's actually a yogic or a yoga term for the vagina. And so the yoni is just as sacred in yogic text as the lingam is, which represents male genitalia. Gentalia. So um, mm-hmm. the yoni is looked upon as a gateway into this dimension. Everyone in the world has passed through the sacred gateway at some point in their life. A lot of my art that I do in the healing circles that I mentioned earlier, it's usually having to do with women who are caught in the cycles of addiction and alcoholism or domestic abuse or rape or mutilation in some form or the other. And somehow four years ago, I began a series of drawing the symbology of a yoni, but instead of the usual... um, how can I say, the usual markings of a yoni, I made a sun and a moon at the top, and I created the interior to be in the shape of a goddess. And so in that four years, I've created about 250 or 300 separate drawings, but then when I take them into the studio and digitally enhance them, I've now created close to 4,000 different goddess yonis. And from these, I found that when women are looking, especially at a large portion of them, if they look at any more than like a 100 goddess yonis, the next thing that happens is they start crying and they start having an experience that they tell me feels really healing. Even um, women who don't know why they're crying still come away with this feeling of, the art is speaking to them, and I, and that's the only thing that I want to do. I want my art to help women heal. Um, I can remember being in the Smithsonian once, coming around the corner and seeing a Degas painting, and tears just flying out of my eyes. I had no idea why that was happening, but it was very clearing and very beautiful, and if I can do that little bit of work with women, if my work is able to help healing on any level, then I just feel really blessed to be doing this work with the goddess yonis. That's, that's touching. I know I um, have one of those beautiful cards, and we talked about it before, how I picked that out because of the colors and what it represents to me, um, being able to connect to my feminine, and the legs were moving, and, and it represented dance and movement. So um, you have a sun and a moon on these. Do that, does that represent anything in particular? The sun and the moon represent the clitoris okay. in a yoni. Um, and then the internal parts, the, the deeper, more sacred parts of the yoni, they transform into a goddess shape. And it could be any kind. It could be an ancient um, goddess symbol or it could, you know, be some kind of other symbol that's coming through me. I have one Goddess Yoni card, which is a cat, um, 
for some reason a cat came through that day, but then women, you know, can be, you know, have some of the best aspects of cats and be very cat-like. And um, so whatever comes through, there it is. <laughs> and, what, and what do you do with these um, these paintings and drawings once you've made them? What? Um, well, right now I, I have a website where people can either view, they can view and they can purchase greeting cards that have the goddess yonis on there. They can also get a, a print or a jaclay canvas of any size of one of the goddess yoni cards. I also have a web store now through Zazzle.com, and what I've done is I started designing some T-shirts, pillows, which is the big love for me. I put these goddess yonis onto pillows that um, really a lot of women seem to really love those, but they're also on baseball caps and water um, containers, water bottles, and things like that. So I'm starting to get the vibration of the goddess Shoni out there through these two modalities and I'm right at the beginning but it's been a very you know it's been a very good modest start and I'm very encouraged so where was it again that I can go and find those I I didn't quite catch that you were saying okay, that um, I could go yeah my sure sure my website is Sharon Foster Fine Art Dot com and I spell my name S H E as in she R O N Foster F O S T E R Fine Art dot com and that's where you can get the greeting cards and see some of my other art. I have the Sedona Sedona Soul Map series, the Sedona Heart Map series. And for the T-shirts and the pillows and things like that, there is a link right there on my website. But if someone wanted to go directly to Zazzle, um, the website is www.zazzle, that's Z as in zebra, A-Z-Z-L-E.com. And once you're at the Zazzle website, you would put in Sharon Foster Fine Art, and it would take you directly to my page. And there you would see the T-shirts and the pillows and anything else you might like. I also do commissions for people when I'm doing something like a Sedona Soul Map, which is a hand-painted creation um, based on the meditative tradition of Trataka, which in in the yogic um, practice is open gaze meditation. I create these mandala-type shapes or heart um, shapes, which people use to start an open-eyed meditation before they close their eyes and they go into it. And if they want to do a commission of one of those, then they can send me pieces of clothing or hair or fingernails, and I can incorporate that energy into the painting for them. So that how, it creates how, a- how do you do that? How do you do that when you're asking to send something of your, of your own to it? How does that go into the painting? Just explain that process. Um, Okay, well, my paintings are a little bit three-dimensional, so while I am using um, acrylic paint, I'm also using gels and sand and string and different things like that to, to put texture into the painting directly onto the canvas. So if someone wants me to add their energy or the energy of a loved one who's no longer here or anything like that, they can send that to me, and what I do 
if it's not if it's too big, I can break it down into to smaller segments and incorporate it right onto the canvas. But if it's things like hair or anything like that, I can just adhere that to the canvas and then use my paints to create the, the finished piece. That way there's an energetic bond on the physical level with a person, although that's not necessary for someone to have a resonance with any kind of art, as you know. Sometimes when people commission a piece, they want a little bit of their selves in it. So I just offer that in case that's the case. That's really nice. So these are two separate pieces uh, of two separate um, art forms. Um, mm-hmm. One is the Yoni goddess, the goddess Yoni art. Uh-huh. Um, and the other one is the Sedona heart map. So I just want to make sure people are clear on that. And they're both at your website with SharonFostersFineArt.com. I, I want to talk a little bit before well, we have a few minutes left here about the this this um, the yoni art because this is so intriguing to me because in the ancient times. You would like I've been over to Machu Picchu and different places, and they have uh, they have a rock that's the opening, and there's a phallus right next to it. So they always celebrated this birthing and the sacredness of of life by seeing pictures and stuff of it. And it's only been I I don't know through the Puritans coming over. I can't even define when that we get so caught up in. That's just not right. We shouldn't talk about that. But yet it is, in other cultures, celebrated as such a beautiful experience. Absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right. I don't know why it became such a sin and such a crime, um, the part of the body where life begins. And I didn't know that little piece that you just said about the phallus being at the opening at all of these um, traditional openings, but it really does feed my desire to bring that back. Now, I know there's a lot of women in the world doing yoni art right now, and it's just so needed to bring that balance back between the feminine and the masculine, and this is just my little way of trying to do that. Yeah, it's, a, it's nice that we can have conversation about it because when I was growing up, we had weird little names for, for that. Yeah. It's <laughs> little thing or her little thing or just, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and it, it, now when I can talk about it, when I was raising my children, I talked about it. We talked about what this was. So it wasn't such a weird little strange thing because it's so natural to have connection, to create life, and to give birth. And I honor Eve Ensler, especially for when she came out with her vagina monologues back in the, in the mid-90s that really sparked the whole conversation and got a lot of women aware of this whole phenomenon of this is a sacred part of us. This is something that should be celebrated, not, not degraded or... Anyway, we could really have a long conversation about this. We could, and I know we can't go that far into because we only have a a few minutes left, but I just wanted to hit on that because that is is interesting that we can have these conversations and and that we can be open to it. What changes have you seen in your lifetime um, with, with regards to that, with the feminine and the ability to be able to talk about the birthing of the feminine? I've seen so much. I can remember when I used to live in Baltimore, Maryland, and I was always over in Washington, D.C., um, doing, you know, 
feminist protests and Roe versus Wade and, and you get tapping into that whole source of women who are trying to bring the empowerment back. But I've seen a, a lot of sacred circles growth um, all over the country, a lot more women doing divine goddess meditations and rituals, red tent ceremonies happening everywhere. There's a lot more in film. There's a lot more in music, the books. I can't even read all the wonderful books that are coming out um, that are on this topic. So even though there's a patriarchal push to keep things as is, there is still this undersurgence, if you will, um, of women who have just had enough. And I feel really honored to be part of millions of women who are stepping up to create change through their art, through their through their bodies, through their voices, through their talents to, you know, get everything back into the natural good balance of male and female. So I, I agree with you. That balance is so important. It's not like the women are kind of rising up to throw the men out. They're just balancing things back out. We yeah. have about three minutes before we close, but I would like to know how you think this is going to help the planet. I know it's a huge thing I'm asking, but what could you think that being able to balance what we were just talking about, the male and the female, and talking about that goddessness, how do you think this is going to help healing our planet right now? Well, I think that things like what you're doing with helping women, coaching women, and I also think that women taking the time to really nurture self-love, to nurture their creativity, to find what is it in their life that they would love to do, bring their gifts up to the surface, things that they wouldn't even take money for, you know, finding that perfect place of time and energy that they feel is bringing balance to themselves and to their families and their communities. I really believe that bringing the attention back in will really help people feel so much better and so much self-love and love for others that that will ripple out into the world. And whether it's through art, whether it's through filmmaking, whether it's from making a beautiful meal, all of those things piece together in that beautiful mosaic that creates a community that's based in love rather than in fear. Wonderful. Well put. Well put. It's been so nice to have this conversation in the garden about this. And I highly encourage you to go look at Sharon's Yoni cards. Not look at them, but purchase them. Because they have an energy about them that help in healing. And the Sedona maps um, for meditation are amazing, too. So when somebody steps out, like Sharon Foster has, to share her healing with the planet because she has a story at some time if you go look at the film you'll see the story about how she came about here just like we all have stories and we take those stories and we change our life Sharon thank you so much for sharing with us your story Christy thank you and thank you for everything that you're doing because it's truly a blessing well and and you as well because we're all making a difference in this world so if we can change our story we change our lives so Mm. walk Yeah, all things are possible when you're willing to let go of what doesn't work to have what does 
and walk through your fears. Go see Sharon Foster at SharonFosterFineArt.com. See the beautiful things she's doing with her art, how she's inspiring others. And go look at SoulHealersPath.com where you're going to see more about the healing art tour that we're doing, the healing art filming tour, where Sharon is an intricate part of that and she shares with us on that that her her gift of of the art and to everyone out there who's inspiring to do something get up and do it do something make a difference because you have a gift to share you are an artist in your own way just to share and just share it Sharon thank you again so much for being my guest oh Christy thank you it was really an honor Okay, and so everyone else out there, go in at to soulhaterspath.com and look at what's going on in the world of art opens your, your heart. And share with everyone else your gifts and your messages because you are an inspiration. And if you will share your art of inspiration, whether that be music, dance, writing, just cooking, being who you are, even communication, it'll make this world a better place. And we truly need it right now. So I mm-hmm. ask you to share that on the planet. Until next week, have love and light in your life and namaste from Christiane the Mosaic Shaman. Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Christy Ellen hopes that you will join her on another journey next Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Empowerment Channel. 